0: There's an account in John's Gospel about Jesus healing a man who'd been ill or crippled for 38 years. Jesus commanded him to pick up his bed and walk, and the man was healed. You're probably familiar with that. It's a fairly common account. That miracle was performed on the Sabbath, a day of rest. And when the Jewish leaders heard about it, instead of marveling at the power of Jesus or the wonderful miracle that the man had received, his healing, They became very angry that Jesus had broken the Sabbath law. John 5.16 says, So the Jewish leaders began harassing Jesus for breaking the Sabbath rule. Now, the New Living Translation does well to translate the Greek word as harassing, because in the Greek, what it really means is to prosecute, persecute, and pursue with repeated acts of enmity. They hassled him. They harassed him. All because he healed on the Sabbath. Now, God had commanded the Sabbath to be remembered or observed. It's one of the Ten Commandments. Sabbath means to cease working. We often think that it means to rest. It's associated with that. But Sabbath really means to cease working so that one may rest from their labors and focus on God. And God rightly commanded it. But between when God commanded it and the time we're talking about, The religious leaders had added their own numerous and onerous restrictions to the Sabbath, and they were unhappy that their rules were being ignored by and violated by Jesus' compassionate healing of the man. What they didn't know then, or maybe they just refused to believe, was that as God, Jesus is the creator of the Sabbath. He is the Lord of the Sabbath. The phrase, the Lord of the Sabbath, is found in Matthew 12:8 and two other gospel accounts where Jesus said, For the Son of Man is Lord, even over the Sabbath. Let's go back to verse 17 of our chapter today. But Jesus replied, My Father is always working, and so am I. And so the Jewish leaders tried all the harder to find a way to kill him, because he not only broke the Sabbath, but he called God his Father, thereby making himself equal with God. In this account, Jesus isn't so much arguing doctrine or law as he is proclaiming categorically, unquestionably, he is God. Jesus is proclaiming that he's the one who exercises authority even over the rules and regulations that govern the Sabbath day. And as such, Jesus was proclaiming to the world, especially the legalistic Pharisees, that he was greater than the law and above the laws of the Mosaic Covenant because as God in the flesh, he's the author of those laws. Philippians 2.9 says, Therefore God elevated him, Jesus, to the highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And by the way, in heaven means all of the angels as well as the saints who are there, on the earth, everyone who's alive and under the earth everybody who died, that at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And not just Lord of the Sabbath, Lord of all, everyone and everything. It's a much better thing when we willingly bow to the Lordship of Jesus, when we recognize that He is God, when we surrender our ways to His way, rather than waiting until, as conquered enemies, We bow in defeat with the rest of the Christ-rejecting world. God has told us that that will happen. Isaiah 45 says, Gather together and come, you fugitives from surrounding nations. What fools they are who carry around their wooden idols and pray to gods that can't save. Consult together, argue your case, get together and decide what to say. Who ordained these things so long ago? What idol ever told you they would happen? Was it not I, the Lord, who told you? For there is no other God but me, a righteous God, and then it goes on, and Savior, there is none but me. Let all the world look to me for salvation, for I am God. There is no other. I have sworn by my own name. I have spoken the truth, and I will never go back on my word. Every knee will bend to me, and every tongue will declare allegiance to me. See, on that day, the world won't bow in worship. They will bow in submission to the Lordship of Christ and the godliness of God. It's all part of God's big plan. Ephesians 1 tells us, God has now revealed to us His mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill His own good plan. And and this is the plan, that at the right time, He'll bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and everything on earth. And then skipping down to verse 24 of John 5, which is the chapter we're looking at today, Jesus once again speaks grace and hope for those who do acknowledge His Lordship. The Pharisees and the religious leaders of that day could have that same hope if they would acknowledge His Lordship. He says, I tell you the truth, those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life and they will never be condemned for their sins but they have already passed from death into life. He's a good and gracious God who will be acknowledged as Lord by everyone one day. A God who before that day rescues and forgives and blesses just because of our belief and our acknowledgement that Jesus is God, that Jesus is Lord. I hope that you've made him Lord of your life today. Oh, not just Jesus, I want you to be Lord, but Lord over everything you do, Lord over everything you say, That's an ongoing choice that we make each and every day of our lives. May God help us to not only have the faith, but the will to do all of that. Lord, we thank you for your gift of grace. We thank you for the gift of faith that you've given us to believe. We thank you for the gift of your Son so that we could be rescued and redeemed. But we recognize that there is an ongoing struggle in our lives to constantly see Jesus as Lord of all of the areas of our life. Lord, would you help us, by our spirit, to do that in the days ahead? We thank you for that too, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Keep the faith.